Black Tree Crime is a podcast that researches and discusses murders committed by Black offenders. It is a podcast that anyone and everyone is welcome to enjoy, but it may not be enjoyed by anyone and everyone, so listener discretion is advised. Now, without further ado, this is Black Tree Crime. Do not go gentle into that good night. Hello, everyone. Hi, guys. I'm Kayla. And I'm Kristen. And this is Black True Crime. If this is your first time here at the show, friend, welcome and hello. What's poppin' slimes? We're really excited to be back, y'all. I'm trying to get more and more on time with these episodes. So thank you for your patience and thank you for tuning in every week. Hey. (laughs) Okay, and I also like that we haven't been wasting too much time at the top and just getting into it. So let's not change that are you ready sister let's get into it okay although this is black true crime we do come across cases that involve other ethnicities and races that have directly affected the black community and today's case will be no different the serial killer we will be discussing today seemed to target mostly black men and would earn the name of the bayou strangler after taking the lives of almost two dozen so join us as we discuss the cruel and barbaric actions of a man named ronald dominique Okay, Ronald. Mm-hmm. And Ronald is of the root of the caucus. So mm-hmm. this little switch up. I don't think we've done like a full case about a Caucasian killer that affected the black community so much. Yeah, um, we didn't even do Jeffrey. No, I'm not doing Jeffrey. I'm not doing Jeffrey. <laughs> but if we have done someone else, let me know because we've done a lot of episodes. Mm-hmm. All right. So Ronald Joseph Dominique was born in 1964 and spent most of his childhood in Thibodeau, Louisiana. Thibodeau. Mm-hmm. We're probably saying it wrong. It's fine. Love it. And it gave small town vibes. Like everyone knew at least a little bit about everyone. Mm-hmm. And I know that he at least had one sister and had a relationship with his mother. I think she's the one that ended up raising him. Okay. So he had women in his life. He did. And maybe that's why he killed a lot of men. Mm, that's not why. We're going to get to it. Mm-hmm. Ronald went to Thibodeau High School where he was, is it Thibodeau or is it Thibodeau? I feel like Louisiana would play with me like that. Because <laughs> you know the French. I know. Maybe it's Thibodeau, but I honestly love Thibodeau. Me too. Me too. All right. So we'll go with that. He was in high school where he was in the Glee Club and sang in the chorus. Glee. Yes. So a lot of people back then, his classmates, made a lot of assumptions about a young man that sang in the chorus and was in the Glee Club. Mm. They assumed he was gay and they really teased him for it. Corny. Mm-hmm. Now, Ronald never. Oh, shit. It's Pride Month. Happy Pride, everyone. Happy Pride, y'all. You know, peace and love and happiness and do what you want to do and don't mind other people. And we don't need to know about it. That's all I'm saying. Nor do we care. <laughs> Nor do we. We don't care what your sexual orientation is. We love you anyway. Period. Okay. Now, Ronald, he never really came out like and admitted it in high school, but some people just was picking up on it, I guess. And they were right. He was gay. Mm -hmm. And as he got older, he really started to live more in his truth. And he would cross dress and even called himself being a Patty LaBelle impersonator at a local gay club. Patty. Yes. Our Patty. Patty and Patty's pies. He (laughs) called himself impersonating. And this is what he looks like. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Ron. 
Yeah. His face. I know, Kristen. I have a lot of questions. He has a lot of head and little face. Little, like, eyes, nose, mouth. He has a bunch of head. (laughs) But uh, I think it's insulting. But, hey, he found confidence in that, and, you know, he enjoyed it. Period. I mean, like, Patty Labelle. I could dress up as Patty Labelle, and I mean, what you would give, you would serve. Oh, thanks, sister. And we don't know if was he doing blackface. I need to know. Either way, <laughs> <laughs> he was dressing up, child, and going out, and just being more comfortable in his skin. Okay, his sexuality. good for him. Mm-hmm. But when he was at home or around his neighborhood, Ronald would dress masculinely and was known to help out his neighbors in the trailer park he was living in. But most people still didn't like him. Mm. So, like, when he would go home, people didn't like him. And when he would go to the gay bars and stuff, people wasn't liking him. So, it's just a lot of rejection he's going through. Okay. Well, rejection can cause anybody to act up. Mm -hmm. And scar you for life. Mm -hmm. I also read that he was referred to as Miss Moped because he'd won (laughs) a moped in a contest at a McDonald's and often used it to get around the city. (laughs) So people were trolling him hard. Okay, and like I could just see Ron's goofy ass (laughs) riding around in this moped. He's not a small man. No, he's not. So this is giving bubbles from Trailer Park Boys. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen, get the fuck mixed with Randy. That part. (laughs) That part. Trailer Park Boys is fucking amazing. Mm. Okay. (laughs) It's on Netflix. Check it out if you haven't. As an adult, Ronald struggled to take care of himself financially and would often find himself living with relatives. He did have like some little jobs, like he delivered pizza, but nothing that would really let him provide for himself Mm. sustainably. In 1985, 21-year-old Ronald was arrested and charged with telephone harassment Never heard of it. Ron, who are you harassing on the phone? I know. I think he was like incessantly calling someone and probably threatening them too. And they just simplified it down to telephone harassment. Mm-hmm. But I wish they could fucking still do that today. <laughs> I'm Hello. like, first of all, Ron doesn't give telephone harasser. Mm. I mean, what does that even mean? And who was he harassing? I think at this point, being young, Ron, maybe he's shy and uncomfortable mm-hmm. and maybe he's just putting it on a little thick Mm -hmm. for somebody else. Or maybe he was just being super aggressive and just showing early signs of like abusive behavior. Maybe Mm -hmm. on June 12th, 1985, he pled guilty to the charges and paid a fine of $74 plus court costs. Okay. So a little cheddar, but he was easy. Yeah. Yeah. On May 15th, 1994, Ronald was arrested for driving while intoxicated and speeding. Ron. Mm-hmm. I didn't see any indication that he served any time for this or anything like that. So probably got off with a little fine again. Mm-hmm. Ron, you know you ain't got no money. Stop getting in trouble. <laughs> He's finding it, Joe. Mm. Two years later, on August 25th, 1996, Kristen, you were born two days later. Hi. So cute. <laughs> is when Ronald really showed the first real glimpse into his depravity. Uh-oh. When he was arrested on forcible rape charges. Mm-hmm. which sounds redundant right because it isn't rape just forced, it's forced yeah okay whatever according to his neighbors at the time a young man escaped from a window from like ronald's residence mm-hmm. and he ran down the street screaming that ronald was trying to kill him oh wow yeah so ronald's 32 at this point who knows if this is his first time really making someone feel like he was gonna kill them 
escaping out of the window is serious as yeah, fuck. Yeah, because one, how high is the window? Dude probably didn't even know when he was trying to get out. Yeah. And then he's saying that not only did the dude probably rape him, mm-hmm. he's trying to kill him. Yes. Ron, yes. where are you getting this from? Where are you getting this energy from? It seems like it came out of nowhere, didn't it? Mm-hmm. But I don't know. We may never know. We don't get to fucking have a conversation with him and ask him. But yeah, so the guy, he escapes. Um, 32-year-old Ronald was arrested and his bond was set at $100,000 and he sat in jail for three months. Okay. Unfortunately, when the time came to go to trial, the victim just up and disappeared, like couldn't be found. So instead of just dismissing the case altogether, in November of 1996, the judge continued the case indefinitely. Okay. Now, eventually the prosecution would completely drop the charges because there was nothing that they felt like they could do, um, especially since they couldn't find the victim. But yeah, Ronald was released after that. Victim number one. If <laughs> only you stuck to your guns. I was about to say, we don't victim shame or blame over no. here, but imagine how many lives could have possibly been saved if he went to jail for however the fuck long he would have got for that. Yeah. And I feel like people have to like start thinking, okay, it's not just about me. Yeah. It could be about the next person. Yeah. But that fear is real. <sighs> imagine being attacked that violently, thinking you're going to die, and then having... To see that person again, again and testify. Court. Exactly. That's intense. He's shaking. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Four years later, on May 19th, 2000, Ronald pleaded guilty to disturbing the peace charges and paid a fine so he could avoid appearing in court. So he's just having run in after run in, doing stupid shit. It seems like it's lightweight, except for the rape charge. Correct. Correct. On February 10th, 2002, he was arrested in Terrebonne Parish after he allegedly slapped a woman in the face mm. during a Mardi Gras parade. Ooh. Apparently, the woman had like hit a baby stroller in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was with her car or what, but the woman apologized and it just wasn't enough for Ronald. He like tore her a new one. Ron, was that your baby? No, bitch. Okay, Ron. He never procreated. Thank God. Uh, but yeah, he started screaming at her and just straight up slapped her. Mm. it's definitely giving female energy (laughs) he's a little aggressive and yeah i mean he shouldn't have slapped her what is he giving was he dressed and dragged he forget i don't know i'm like that's what i said did you forget you were a whole man right this isn't even self-defense at this point he was just yeah he assaulted the woman Mm -hmm. instead of standing trial for the assault ronald entered a parish offenders program which is like the ultimate slap in the face i'm Mm -hmm. sorry slap on the wrist and in the face for the victim Mm -hmm. and by october 2002 he had met all the conditions he needed to be let go out of the program so he's served his time basically like it sucks though because it's like how you went from going to potentially rape a person and kill them Mm -hmm. back to petty crime so it's like what is it usually people escalate yeah they don't de-escalate but the thing is he wasn't de-escalating because little did authorities know by 2002, Ronald was already almost six years into his serial killer lifestyle. Oh, yeah. So when he got arrested for the disturbing of the peace in 2000, he was killing. 2002, when he slapped that woman, he was killing. 1996, when he forcibly raped that man. He was killing? Yes. Oh I, it might have been honestly tried to be one of his first victims. Yes. Type of situation. Absolutely. This oh. is not good. And this gets really bad. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So like I said at the top of the episode, Ronald Dominique will be found responsible for the murders of at least 23 men in the Terrebonne Parish and surrounding areas. So from LaForge to Iberville to Jefferson, he was clearly mobile. Mm-hmm. So we're going to talk about his MO now. He would mostly target some of his victims by visiting gay bars and luring men in and say like, hey, if you have sex with me, you know, I'll give you money, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. And some people were into it. Sometimes he would because he wasn't cute. Kristen, no money had to be attached. No one was willingly going. With Some it. incentive needed to be in place. <laughs> Let's look at him again. But we're not ugly shaming no. either. But no. we're also saying the truth. I wouldn't even give him a massage. I w- I decline. He uh, just looks creepy. Yeah, really creepy. And he was sh- kind of short too. So it's just like you know, oh yeah, God, it's a dude <laughs> with no neck on. 90 Day Fiance? Is that what that is? Chris, it's Giving Ed. It's Giving Ed. Big Ed from 90 Day Fiance. If you're on Patreon, I'll put a picture. (laughs) But yeah, not good. So sometimes he would offer sex. Sometimes he would offer drugs. um, And he would pick men up on the side of the road. And if he felt like one of the men wasn't gay, he would offer to pay them to have sex with his wife. Mm. Now, we know this man ain't got no wife. You know, but he does give cuckold. If you look at him and you don't know nothing about him, it's giving cuckold. I agree. And that's probably what they were thinking. Mm-hmm. So some men would be like, okay, shit, sure. And then he would show them a picture of a, his quote unquote wife, probably a woman he never even knew. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Although one victim's family, actually a couple of the victim's family said that they weren't even homosexual at all. And they weren't into sex and they weren't into drugs. I'm not entirely sure how exactly true that part is, but it is true ex- at least for one of the families. And we're going to talk about it. Okay. Once he took the men back to his house and to those that agreed to be tied up, he would rape and then suffocate or strangle them to death. Oh my gosh. It's so intimate. And think about like, I think it's one of the worst ways to die. Like not being able to, to breathe, breathe and fighting for your life. Girl, slow death horrifying so in my mind he must have been motivated or excited by not just the rapes you know like he could have just raped them but there had to be something else that he enjoyed i think about the killing part yeah maybe the struggle mm-hmm. or like the continued power over his victim because he seems like he doesn't have power in any other aspect of his life yeah that's true he would then take their bodies and dump them in remote areas some bodies were even found weren't even found until they were already down to bones. Wow. And the ages of the victims range from 16 to 46 years old. Oh, Ron, what yeah. is up with you? First of all, you don't even care if the male is gay or mm-hmm. straight. Right. But they're black. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. A lot of them. Right. Which could li- could could lend or lean on the demographic of the areas that he was Correct. in. Correct. I was about to say, it could be just victims of opportunity. Yeah. Why would you, oh Lord, to be tied up by somebody I don't know. Jesus help me. Right? 
taken advantage of. Oh, suffocated. Mm-hmm. It's just, like I say, the things that stick out to me the most in these cases is the fear that the victims must have experienced. I mean, you could probably smell it in the room. Like, that is unimaginable. And to think, like, when you walk into that room, you think that you're in control. Yeah. And then you soon find out, bitch, you're not. Or you're consenting, and you soon find out that this is the worst day of your life. Yep. <laughs> God, I want to hug all of these men. Not all of them. Well, We're going to get to it. Well, rest but in peace a lot to the of victims. Them. Yes, absolutely. I just say that because it'll make sense later, mm-hmm. I promise. You be foreshadowing, Kayla. I do, I know. do, I do. That one was a little rough around that just mm-hmm. though, but it'll make sense. Some of the men were found to have been beaten. Others had signs of little to no struggling at all. And some of the victims were found completely nude. Oof. Something else I found important to mention is that Ronald wasn't a real drinker or drug user. Like when he would go out to the bar, he would mostly drink soda and play pool. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was just his way of staying clear headed when he's trying to attract his next victim. Mm-hmm. But there was signs and evidence that he did engage in some drug activity with some of his victims. So okay. maybe he was just a recreational yeah, user. Yeah, not a hardcore. The drugs aren't persuading him to do what he's right. doing. Like he can't sit here and say the drugs made me do mm-hmm. it. According to Ronald's later claims, those who did not agree to being tied up were left unharmed and were able to leave the house afterward. That's what Ronald claimed? Yes. <laughs> yes, but he did still hook up with men and, you know, offer them money and drugs or whatever um, without killing them. Yeah. So it so, was possible. So I wonder why did he kill the ones he killed? Because he had complete control. Like once you're tied up, you can't fight back. You can't do anything. You can't escape. Oh, my God. So it's like too tempting to turn down for him. Oh, my God. I know. I know. He's a control killer. Yeah. I think he gets off on the power. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, as the case goes on, you'll see that him drawing this line in the sand will lead to the end of Ronald's reign as the Bayou Strangler and begin his time in the clink. Period. So he said a boundary that he maybe shouldn't have if he wanted to stay out of jail longer. What happened? We're going to get to it. It's almost summer, y'all. And you know when the summer comes, you're not trying to be hot outside and then hot in the kitchen Mm-mm. for hours. I don't think so. And the best way to stay out the doggone kitchen this summer is using HelloFresh. What does HelloFresh give? Kristen, you remember what it gives. Remember when we used it and it was so convenient? I mean, we made 25-minute meals. Oh, you're right. And they were like really tasty and actually exposed us to some new shit that we haven't seen yet. And that's a fact because I never would have made no bruschetta mm-hmm. without HelloFresh. And it was absolutely phenomenal. It really was. And with HelloFresh, they send you the perfect amount of each ingredient that you need. So you don't even have to waste time going to the grocery store and buying more than necessary. Mm-hmm. HelloFresh is more convenient than grocery shopping because... It's not only delivered right to your door, but it's also cheaper. Like think about intentional meal plans. Mm -hmm. You know what we all really want, but we never really do. (laughs) HelloFresh gives you exactly what you need. You know where you're going to eat that week. Mm -hmm. And and there you have it. So all you got to really spend your extra money on is snacks and eating out. (laughs) I know that's right. Keep it simple, sexy, this summer, and use HelloFresh <laughs> to fuel your meals, okay? And if you want an amazing discount, go to HelloFresh.com slash BlackTrueCrime16 and use code BlackTrueCrime16 for 16 meals for free. Uh-uh. Uh-huh. Plus free shipping. 
Did y'all hear that? 16, 16 meals. meals? What is that? Three meals a day? That's damn two weeks of food. <laughs> if you plan it right. So yeah, take advantage of this incredible offer, y'all. And let us know what you've been cooking up in your kitchen. Okay. Okay. Back to the episode. But before we get to it, we have to talk about some of his victims. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, we won't be able to go through each person's like individual experience and how their life was taken. But I will be naming all of the victims that lost their lives. So just at the top, rest in peace to everyone. Rest in peace. That lost their lives at the hands of this monster. Except for at least one of them. Mm -hmm. We're going to get to it. So to start, Ronald committed the first murder that we know of in 1997. On July 14th, a 19-year-old black boy named David Levron Mitchell's body was found in a ditch near Hanville. He was hitchhiking to his grandmother's house from a party where he was spotted by Ronald. Water would be found in his lungs, and investigators initially thought he died by accidental drowning. Mm -hmm. But David's father insisted that his son was a great swimmer and wouldn't have drowned in a doggone ditch. Okay. And I actually think they didn't even really find out about David being murdered until later on. Hmm. Six months later, the body of 20-year-old Gary Pierre was found in St. Charles Parish. And in July of 1998, the body of 38-year-old Larry Ranson was found in St. Charles as well. So right off the bat, like Ronald's seeming to be comfortable. He's in a rhythm. Mm -hmm. He knows what he wants to do and he's just doing it. And he's doing it. His MO has like developed quickly. Bold. Mm -hmm. And Larry was the first victim that Ronald tied up. Hmm. So... So now he's figuring out what he likes Mm -hmm. and what makes it easier probably for him to execute what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Larry was struggling with drug addiction at the time of his death. But again, it doesn't give anybody the right to take your life. No, no. And this was probably Ron's way in. Mm -hmm. I think he either lured him with sex or drugs, Mm -hmm. either one, honestly. And a lot of these victims were transient. So they were homeless and they were, you know, prostituting and stuff like that. Just in a bad spot. Mm -hmm. So in some way, shape or form, they were vulnerable already. A hundred and ten percent. And people that Ronald didn't think would be missed by anyone. We've seen that a lot on the show. Mm -hmm. In October, Ronald met 27 year old Oliver Lee Banks and claimed that Oliver offered him sexual favors. And after the sexual favors were completed, Ronald beat and strangled Oliver. His body was found on October 4th and traces of semen were found on him. Oh, Oliver. Yeah. Rest in peace. Oliver had recently lost his job due to drug use at the time of his death and was living on the streets. Um, And speaking of his job, his old boss named Mara Paulson spoke so highly of Oliver. I'm going to show you guys a picture. If you're on Patreon, you see it. That's her and Oliver. And she ran the New Dog Trick Cafe in New Orleans. And Ollie was one of her trusted employees and friend. She said, quote, Oliver was depended on to be a part of a rock star team that made the restaurant's reputation and accolades happen. And like by accolades, this cafe was featured in the New York Times, Esquire itself. So it was on the map. Ollie. And Ollie was back there in the kitchen helping, you know, make it happen. Thing, thing. Mm hmm. She went on to say, quote, he was not some forgotten person working in the bowels of some dank dime a dozen kitchen help, which comes to mind of most people. The most staff I ever had at one time was maybe six, max seven. So we were very close. No one lived or worked a life at the restaurant that was not transparent. Everyone and their actions were highly visible, end quote. Okay. So she was aware of the struggles that he was going through. Yeah with his recovery yeah and supported him through it but he did end up relapsing yeah 
a couple months before his death and that's what forced her to fire him oh that sucks girl Mm -hmm. because i know she probably feels like she has a part to blame or maybe she feels guilty in some way oh you have no idea because the day that she fired him she told him quote if you get help, you can come back. If you don't, you'll be dead in three months or in Angola. Ooh, girl, words have power. Mm. I was about to say, yeah, because unfortunately she was right. He died within that three-month window. Rest in peace, Ollie. Rest in peace, Oliver. Oliver! It only takes one decision. I know. A couple decisions and you could be out of here. You know what? I really want to shout out the drug addicts out here that are recovered, the recovered drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Godly, the mm. immense amount of strength that it takes to do that. And self-awareness and self-control. That's hard. Mm-hmm. Later that same month, he met 16-year-old Joseph Brown in Kenner, Louisiana, and lured him by promising to sell him some crack cocaine. Mm. After smoking the crack together, Ronald beat Joseph in the head multiple times and then strangled him with a plastic bag. Kayla, Ron's aggressive? A 16-year-old. Yeah, he's super aggressive. The next month, 18-year-old Bruce Williams was murdered by Ronald in a similar way. In May of 1999, Ronald came across 21-year-old Manuel Reed, who offered to sell him some drugs. And Ronald was like, sure. And then he led him in a truck where he raped and strangled Manuel. Mm-hmm. So if you're on Patreon, this is Manuel. Manuel. When I was doing the research for this case, there wasn't a lot of individual pictures of the victims, unfortunately. It just kind of shows you how much people really gave a shit. But there was like a collage. collage of them that the police had. So I will be posting that and you guys can see. But a lot of the victims just seemed like they were going about their everyday life. They meant nobody any freaking harm. And then the worst harm came to them. Literally, they were kicking it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, probably in their environment, it's normal to meet strangers. It's normal to yeah. go and kick it and smoke with the stranger or do yep. drugs with the stranger and be completely fine. Yep. So Ron took advantage of that. Yes, he did. He really did. Piece and he got crap. away with it. He did a really good job, too. At, at getting away with exactly, it. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Nothing about him is good. I hate him. He's horrible. He then disposed of his body in a dumpster about one mile from where 16-year-old Joseph Brown was found. Okay. Mm -hmm. Traces of semen were found on Manuel's body as well. So that's a good sign, at least, as far as the investigation goes. In June, Ronald killed 21-year-old Angelia and dumped his body on the street after initially trying to put him in a dumpster. Mm. But the dumpster was full. Okay. So let's talk about it. How strong do you have to be to be able to just lift Lift. somebody by yourself into a dumpster dead weight? Ron has some inner strength. And these are grown men. And was he necessarily on drugs every single time he killed? We don't know that. No, he could. I don't think he could have been because not every single person that he ended up with did drugs. So we don't know if we were doing it before. We don't know if this is crack strength or Ron (laughs) is just strong. Exactly, bitch. Exactly. Investigators would later learn that Angel, Joseph, and Gary all knew each other and lived close by. Wow. Too close to home. Way too close. And it didn't even make a fucking difference because he continues to Cause kill. Because he still got away with it. Mm-hmm. In late August, 34-year-old Mitchell Johnson was offered drugs in exchange for sex from Ronald and Mitchell agreed. He was tied up in the woods outside of... Mm, Materi. Mit- Mm-hmm. Materi, Materi, no. Mm-mm. <laughs> Sorry, just no. Materi, Materi. Okay, 
where Ronald raped and strangled him. And his nude body wasn't found until September 1st. Good Lord. I know. Fast forward to January of 2000, 23-year-old Michael Vincent was murdered. In October, Ronald lured 20-year-old child molester. And this is the one I'm talking about. Fuck this guy. Child molester Kenneth Randolph Jr. into his trailer saying he had a girl in there that wanted to have sex with him. Mm. Not a woman. A girl. A girl. But instead, he attacked and murdered him and then took his body to a field outside of the city. I wonder how Ron knew that was his stige. So this guy actually lived in Ronald's neighborhood. Oh. He was living in Ronald's neighborhood when Ronald was living with his sister. And his sister had children. So he had nieces and nephews. So in my mind, I was like, oh, my God, did this guy do something to the kids? Or was he just like, ew, I don't want this child molester anywhere near me. Right. Like, did he have a reputation and Ron knew it? So Ron set him up to kill him. Exactly. So Ron may have a protective feeling over the people that he loves. At least the people that he loves. Yes. Yes. And we're going to talk about that a little bit because he was described in positive ways. We'll get to it. Barely a week later, on October 12th, 26-year-old Anaka Jones was attacked by Ronald, tied up, raped, and strangled to death. And his body was found hours later under a highway overpass. Mm. Just discarding these people like, like they're, they're just nothing. roadkill. Mm-hmm. Terrible. In late 2002, he got a job reading utility meters, which required him to travel more. And this is when he started hunting in other areas. Oh, gosh. Hunting. Disgusting. He went on to take the life of 19-year-old Detrell Woods, and his body wasn't found until May 24, 2003, and he was found in a reed field along with his bike. But oh. the stupid-ass police, Kristen, sat there and was like, oh, we think he died of an asthma attack. I'm so sick of people. Like, it- in a reed field, he died of an asthma attack. Like, you're tired. Clearly, this whole entire police department is tired. Especially, and at this point, it doesn't even seem like they've connected that these murders no. are figured out that these murders could be connected. And and how many murders have we gone through so far? It feels like 16. Kristen, I don't even know what the number is at this point, but it's at least 10. And we have no idea right now if the police has caught on or not. They, they have not caught on yet to there being a serial killer here, or at least hasn't announced it to the public because they don't even announce to the public until 2005. And we're in 2003 right now. Good Lord. Unbelievable. In October 2004, 46-year-old Larry Matthews was lured over to Ronald's house with the promise of drugs where he actually lost consciousness due to an overdose. Mm -hmm. So he overdosed at his house, but while unconscious, Ronald raped and strangled him to death and then left his body 20 miles away. Girl. Just sick. He doesn't need to put up... There doesn't need to be a struggle, apparently. No. And there's no humanity associated with these men and Ronald. He doesn't see them as being anything worth it because you really let that man overdose he's unconscious you, you did it anyway violated him while he's unconscious and then like you're disgusting just pile it on ronald let's get let's see how far fucking left we can get like are you so deep in your crap of mm-hmm. killing that now it's not even about control it's in habit like what is it giving i think he's really just enjoying it at this point i don't think he's being able he's been able to catch that same high that he got maybe from his first and maybe he's chasing it yep 21 year old michael barnett ronald's first white victim was found on october 24th 2004 in february 2005 ronald killed 22 year old leon lyrit and something that was peculiar about 
how Ronald met him, it turns out that Anaka Jones was his roommate. Mm. They were living together. And Leon was actually the prime suspect in his murder. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, the irony. Uh-huh. The connections. They're, hello, police. They're all around. They're all around. So, But the police are starting to at least smell something funky. Right. Two months later, 31-year-old August Watkins was lured to Ronald's house with the promise of sex with his wife and was murdered in the same way as the other men. And this was the murder that made police feel like, okay, there's a serial killer in this area and yeah, do something about it. But they couldn't really do shit about it and they gave the case to the FBI. Okay. Tired. Yeah. While Ronald wasn't tired and continued to kill. Over the next couple months, he would take the lives of 23-year-old Kurt Cunningham, 28-year-old Alonzo Hogan, 17-year-old Wayne Smith, 40-year-old Chris DeVille, 21-year-old Nicholas Pellegrin, and 27-year-old Christopher Sutterland. Good. Sutterfield, I'm sorry. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. Christopher was actually dating Ron at the time. And on October 14th, while they were on a date, Ronald bludgeoned him to death. He, now he's losing control. Right. He's like, losing control. He has no sense of like, okay, this, I'm keeping my killing on this side of me, you know, mm-hmm. and still living a normal life. Now he's blending the two. Also, was that picture just Ron? Chris, that, that you Ron. put up? <laughs> um, just nonchalantly and say shit about? He looks a mess. <laughs> he looks like he may actually be on a, a substance, bitch. He looks sick. He does. He looks sick. But I think also that may be a part of his little ploy. Mm. And we're going to get to that, too. Mm. Okay, so remember how the case got handed over to the FBI? Well, in March of 2005, nine Louisiana Parish Sheriff's offices, Louisiana State Police, and the FBI created a task force that would specifically investigate these murders. It didn't take a genius to figure out that these murders were connected, especially when, like, all of these men were killed in the exact same way. Like, are we stupid? And if I'm seeing ligature marks on all of their wrists, like, and then seeing strangulation and seeing rape at nine years old, I could have figured that out watching Snap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And then some of these victims actually knew each other. Kristen. Three victims knew each other. Like, three victims knew each other here. Another three knew each other over here. What are we doing? What are we doing? But either way, better late than never, I guess. Whatever. Whatever. (laughs) The bare minimum is happening, but we should be used to that. So they established a victim profile. Most of the men were homeless and living high-risk lifestyles, Mm -hmm. which helped them narrow down what parts of the parishes that Ronald could have been encountering the victims in. And then more tragedy struck while they're investigating Hurricane Katrina. Okay. Good Lord. Louisiana can't catch a break. Can't catch a motherfucker. So that tore up the state of Louisiana and sidetracked the whole investigation. But Ronald seemingly stayed in the area during this time because once the storm subsided, three more bodies were discovered. Ron said, Katrina ain't stopping me. Mm -mm. If she doesn't take me out, I'm going to continue to take other people out. Unbelievable. I feel like a sickness in him, like something that's like maybe he's not even happy about what he's doing anymore. Like, I think like how he said he's trying to catch a high or catch that same feeling. Yeah, that's what it's giving. It's compulsive at this point, it seems. Right. And then the task force caught a break when they were contacted by a survivor that had encountered Ronald. Okay. yes, let's let's spice this up. Let's get this motherfucker some handcuffs. Let's get this ball moving. Mm hmm. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode was sponsored by BetterHelp. Have you guys tried out BetterHelp yet? I have. Kristen, what's it giving? I'm shocked at how much I enjoy myself talking to my therapist. Wow. Like after having to change therapist three or four times, because <laughs> that's real, I found the one. And she honestly is just everything I need in the sense of being a listener yeah. and helping me understand my problems. Wow. So basically, it's not a waste of your time. It's not a waste of my time. And in fact, I feel like every day I get a little bit more understanding of who I am. Mm hmm. And that's the purpose of therapy, right? Figure out who you are. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I'm happy for you to start. Thanks. I think you need it. How about to say my turn next? (laughs) (laughs) And you guys should try it too. We're on this self-care journey and self-care includes mental health. Okay. So if you guys are interested in trying out BetterHelp, we highly suggest that you use our code and go to BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, help.com slash crime to get 10% off your first month. You heard it. Go to betterhelp.com slash black true crime for 10% off your first month. You won't regret it. Mm-mm. Okay, back to the episode. Remember how I mentioned that Ronald had a huge flaw in his MO and that was letting unconsenting men go free? Mm-hmm. Well, one of these men reported his experience with Ronald, but this guy had actually let Ronald tie him up. And said that after he consented, Ronald threatened to kill him. Okay. So from that conversation, I feel like once Ronald felt like he had them in a vulnerable situation, he was trolling them and like taunting them about how he was going to kill them. So I don't know how he managed to get out of that situation. I mean, he was tied up, but the man did. Mm -hmm. And he later identified Ronald as his attacker. And that's when police got their first real break on who the Bayou Strangler could be. Woot, woot, woot. Mm-hmm. So when they looked into Ronald's past, they found an incident from a few years earlier that was eerily similar to the murders and to this new attack. Okay. Now, I don't necessarily know if they're referring to the 1996 forcible rape case. Right. And not a separate incident, but it's possible that shit, he attacks someone in 2000 the same way. It's possible because we know he's doing the same shit. I wonder if somebody attacked Ron first. Like, how did the ball start rolling? You know, maybe what rejection, maybe the rejection, maybe once he finally came out as fully gay and wasn't supported in the way that he thought he would be or pull the amount of men that he thought he was going to pull. Maybe that constant rejection was like, fuck it, I'm just going to take it. Mm. And then he later he's going to talk about why he ended up killing. Okay, so we're good. We will get that. Apparently, a man had thrown himself out of Ronald's trailer window wearing only jeans, and he had an electric cord tied around his arm. Mm. So it's either a trailer or a motel. I saw it both ways, but either way, he jumped out of a doggone window, half tied up, and he was yelling for help and that Ronald was trying to rape and kill him. Wow, this is literally a repeat of the first forcible rape. Yes, that's why I said I didn't know if they were referring to a newer one right. or the 1996 because he has an M.O. Right. He's sticking to it. And according to neighbors, they knew Ronald was gay and chalked this up to some kinky sex shit and just minded their business. Well, thanks, y'all. You were a lot of help. 
because gay people have such different sex than regular people that someone saying they're going to kill them is something that you ignore. Right. Like, that's okay. normal. <laughs> and, whatever. And there was another person that came forward. It was an ex-con that told his parole officer about how a man propositioned him to have sex with his wife for some money, but that when he showed up to the trailer, he got uncomfortable and left. Okay. This is how police were able to get a good description of the trailer and where it was located. Period. Thanks for snitching. I was about to say, people are coming forward and the investigation is going somewhere. Mm -hmm. So Ronald was then put under 24-hour surveillance. And at the time, he was living with his sister in a single wide trailer, but abruptly moved out. And then he moved into a homeless shelter. Okay. 42-year-old Ronald was arrested at this homeless shelter and charged with the first-degree murder and rape of 19-year-old Manuel Reed and 27-year-old Oliver Liebanks. Okay. Ollie, justice for Ollie. Ollie and Manuel, justice for, justice all, for all the of victims. Them. Justice for all of them. I read that he was arrested for the murder of two other men as well. It was Mitchell and uh, Gary Pierre. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. But eventually he would be charged with eight murders total. Woo. Mm-hmm. I also read that they had forensic evidence to support some of the cases. So they had evidence for Manuel and the Oliver case. Okay. Remember there was semen found yes. and they found that it matched disgusting rot okay and he's slimy and greasy like of course he left some filth behind some of his residue oh kayla disgusting he is slimy and greasy he reminds me of the mucinex man he he does but he reminds me of jabba the hut Ugh, gross wow at the time of his arrest he hadn't been at the bunkhouse shelter longer than a couple days but people at the shelter described him as being a bit odd and awkward but they didn't think he was a serial murderer. Yeah, he doesn't give that. But I'm like, y'all also don't know him from a damn sock puppet. So no. how would you know what he's capable of? And I think that's the whole problem. The whole mm-hmm. problem is people don't know what this man is capable of. Yeah. yeah, and their guards are let down and they shouldn't be. And they should not be. Ronald was finally in police custody on December 1st, 2006. And I will say that Christopher Sutterfield was actually found two months before the arrest mm. and they think that that was ronald's last victim keyword think y'all don't know nothing don't know shit. it's very possible they're wrong yeah. more than likely they're wrong mm-hmm. and i was shocked to learn this part guys listen to this so when ronald was arrested he was 44 years old and apparently he was sick as hell like he'd just been hospitalized for a severe heart condition had two heart attacks in the past two months and had to walk with the cane Oh my God, how is he killing? Kristen, I'm about to tell you. Police think he's full of shit because look at this picture of him. Girl, that that man looked buff. (laughs) I don't care how many heart attacks he had. He looks like he can strangle somebody with his bare hands. Mm -hmm. Hunched over or whatever. He does look like he just has random creepy strength. strength. Yes. And then he's trying to really sell it. Bent over that dog on cane. They have him in a freaking wheelchair in this other picture. Girl, he could karate chop <laughs> the lady right next to him and take her out in two seconds. Look at the size of his knuckles on his hands. Yeah, he's not a small guy. At all. No, he's not. And like I said, police were thinking that he's probably lying and just trying to make it seem like he was incapable of committing these murders, especially since he was seen walking without the cane. Like, allegedly, he had walked over a mile to get to the store or something. Girl. So I'm like, sir, like, play with your mammy. <laughs> Ron's trolling. He is. He has thought this through, I think. If he ever was to get arrested, he would try to play it like he had nothing to do with it because he's so incapable. 
And he probably does, you know, the heart attacks and stuff like that. That's probably his corroborating story. Like, well, I have had these heart attacks, mm-hmm. but I'm also not as worse off, worse off as they think. Correct. So let me make them think that I am. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, the biggest part for me was the question of how he's getting these bodies from wherever he's tying them up at and then getting them into the car and then getting them to where he dumps them. Girl. How? Wheelbarrow, uh, suspension system, how? don't know if he's had these heart attacks because after you have a heart attack but you're not lifting shit well after a certain amount of time right and maybe because some of the gaps between the murders maybe that's when he was recovering yeah who knows wow this sickly killer mm-hmm. sickly serial killer mm-hmm. he also had recently joined the lions club where he would spend his sunday afternoons calling out bingo numbers for the elderly that would come to play <laughs> apparently he was really well liked here uh, a part of him really liked helping people and authorities feel like this was the first time he felt in his life that he was fully accepted okay well damn i wish you found bingo a lot earlier like the first thing you ever did <laughs> when you became an adult i wish you found bingo instead of all this other rejection because sometimes it only takes one thing in your life to make you feel like it's all worth it absolutely and he just didn't have that and then, and the thing is, is like Ron is not targeting the super, super vulnerable, aka the old people. Mm-hmm. He's targeting who he wants to target. That's true. I also think, like we talked about access, he didn't have access to a lot of old people until later, in like the game. ten years after he already started. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think. And then old people will be missed. Like they have families and shit like that. So I just think he went the easiest route for him. Yeah. And even though I said he didn't have really anyone to live for or be a better person for, he had nieces and nephews that he apparently really loved. Like, he would rent children's videos to watch with them, and he was described as a really good uncle. Wow. He also was known to play with children in his sister's neighborhood. I didn't really like hearing that as a grown man. However, with him killing that neighborhood pedophile, maybe shit. Maybe he was doing it to protect, or maybe that pedophile was like, uh-uh, I know something about you, and he just got rid of him. Right, maybe. Because, you know, sometimes sometimes kids are horrible, but sometimes they accept the people that aren't normally accepted by people their age. Mm-hmm. So That is true. We don't know which way this could go. That is true. The video store owner remembered that one day Ronald came into the store and told him that the police suspected him of being the Bayou Strangler, and the store owner said, quote, if you're the killer, then I'm the queen of England. <laughs> <laughs> well, pip pip cheerio. <laughs> because My this leash. man is the killer. Oh, God. How stupid do you feel? Mm, mm, mm. How so can what, you be so off about a person? <laughs> I think we've all had. We've, that's what I'm saying. I'm yeah. really asking myself. How can you <laughs> there be you so go. off about a person? Forgive yourself, Kristen. It was a mistake. Kayla, you know exactly <laughs> who I'm talking yes, about. Yes, I do. <laughs> When initially asked, Ronald agreed to provide a DNA sample and the results tied him to two of the murders of Manuel and Oliver. Dummy. Three days after his initial arrest, Ronald would confess to the rape and murder of at least 21 additional men and claim that he started killing in the beginning of 1997. Wow. Yep. He was murdering completely undetected, even after his run-ins with the law. Sick. He claimed that his reason for killing the victims was because he didn't want to risk going to jail after raping the men. I don't. Okay. Mm -hmm. But these, some of these men consented. Right. So there was no need to rape. Exactly. But that's, 
takes the fun out of it, doesn't it, sister? It does. Takes the fun out of it for him. And when I read that, I was like, oh, yeah, because he did spend three months in jail for the forcible rape charge in 1996. And he was like, bitch, I'm not going back. But the funny thing is, is like, okay, if you really wanted to rape somebody, wouldn't you rape the unconsenting, the ones that were like, "Mm, I don't want to be tied up? Mm -hmm. Those would be the ones you would want because you know, like, okay, these are the ones I know it's going to be me taking control Mm -hmm. because they don't want. But it also creates more headache for him, more struggle. struggle. And at this time, remember, he's living with like, relatives and living with other people so some of this he's some of these people he's actually bringing back home so i can imagine he's trying to keep them like as quiet as he can that's crazy isn't it and let's be real it's all about control so if the people that are saying no i don't want to be tied up he doesn't have control over them they could easily fight him back he needs people that are like weaker than him like once he gets in a vulnerable vulnerable state state, yeah then he forces them to be like oh now i don't want this because he's saying i'm gonna kill you Mm -hmm. and now they flip the script and now they're not consenting anymore and now he rapes and that's how he gets excited oh this is too much it's really just the worst of the worst ronald can hang up there with them for sure Mm mm-hmm he would leave the bodies of his victims in ditches, sugar canes, fields, and small bayous. And from that, it does seem like it was he was trying to at least make it more difficult for the bodies to be found, which may be his way of trying to allow more time for animals to get a hold of them and get rid of his DNA. Because I'm like, if you're having sex, if you're violating these men, penetrating these men with your member, you're leaving evidence. Facts. So I, I definitely think that he was trying to stay elusive from the police but his compulsion started to kind of take over he got sloppy and he got caught Mm -hmm. the da decided to charge ronald with eight of the 23 murders he confessed to and planned to seek the death penalty for all eight but honestly a lot of people didn't even think ronald would live long enough to get through a trial (laughs) these are people that didn't fucking know ronald (laughs) because he was faking hardcore and spoiler alert he's still alive today oh oh yeah so from the time of his arrest in 2006, when people are worried about him, it's 2023 and the fucker is still breathing. Wow. I know. Ronald's bond was set at $8 million. $1 million for each murder charge. Period. You ain't getting back on the streets. Mm-hmm. The assistant DA told the victim's families that, quote, I was confident we could get the death penalty on all eight counts. I was also confident it would be tied up in appeals for 12 to 15 years or more. And hearing that for a lot of them was just another blow. I get it. I get it. Some family members had waited years to get justice for their loved ones and didn't want the possibility of another decade passing. You know, Mm -hmm. people are dying. Like, this isn't something people want to go to their graves not knowing. Right. Or not having, like, a conclusion to. And y'all just think y'all got all the time in the world Mm -hmm. when it already took you a long time to even find out that Ron was the killer. Exactly. To avoid... The death penalty, Ronald ended up pleading guilty to first-degree murder charges, and I think he pleaded guilty to the rape charges, too. But on September 23rd, 2008, 44-year-old Ronald Dominique was sentenced to eight life sentences without the possibility of parole. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. we will never see him on the other side of the fence again. And you're still lucky you didn't get the death penalty, Ron. Right. You're lucky that the families just wanted to see you rot. Right. Rather than bake in that damn chair. (laughs) (laughs) Or sizzle. Sizzle, yeah. I wish they still used electricity, didn't wet the sponge. Shout out to Green Mile. (laughs) 
Like, Ron, I'm over you. Like, the fact of the matter is, you're a snake. Mm-hmm. You're a sneaky snake. Mm-hmm. All Your whole M.O. Was, try to, to, was, was trying to play into the fact that people underestimated you. Yes. Yes. And the thing that's so funny to me is, like, you're, you have no issue swallowing your, quote-unquote, pride or sacrificing some dignity and walking around here on this damn cane looking ridiculous. But when you're with your victims, you're trying to act like you're big and bad. You know what I'm saying? Just corny sad but he knew he had no authority or influence in any other part of his life except in those moments except in those moments the assistant da mark Rhodes said before the sentencing that quote the lives of eight young men were taken from these families by the actions of the defendant he knew nothing about them or their families and he callously killed the victims and left a lifetime of pain as their legacy yeah some of the victims families were able to speak in court a brother of one of the victims said quote I hope he burns in hell pretty much. I hope the man burns in hell. And I'm sure he will. <laughs> I hope so too. Chris DeVille's sister Cynthia said, quote, the nature of what he did and how he left my brother's body in a cane field for rodents to eat at him. When we found him, he was nothing. Nothing. We had to bury bones. Wow. That's a, sist- a sister of the victim. That's so sad. Like, my knees will be permanently buckled. How do you stand? How do you go on? I would just be like, just let me stab him once. 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 Right in his fatty back. (laughs) (laughs) Ronald is currently serving his time at the Louisiana State Penitentiary at Angola. And I feel like we've talked about that prison a lot. They are some sick motherfuckers right now. Even though he confessed to way more than eight murders, it isn't likely that he will ever be tried for them at this point. No. According according to Dominique's lawyer, Richard Gourley, whatever, quote, hopefully they will realize that when someone gets sentenced to eight consecutive life sentences, there's no chance of them ever getting out and any further pursuit of any other charges will be a complete waste of taxpayer money. End quote. They're not wrong. I still feel like even if he didn't get tried for those cases, there mm-hmm. still needs to be some acknowledgement to the fact of like, you know, he's responsible for this. These. He's responsible because he confessed. Right. And it's like if you don't set if you don't set that in stone, it's going to be ambiguous. Do you even keep those cases open? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, are they just forever listed as open because they didn't convict this man for him? Right. That's such a good, like... I'm so confused by that. Yeah. How do you close a case when the man has already been conv- convicted and you refuse to try him for the case? Exactly. You just... What What the fuck? I don't know. I hope they at least let the families know. Yeah. You know? But if I was a family, I would still want my slab of meat because fuck him. Shoo. I want, I want everybody to know mm-hmm. that even if we didn't try him for this in court, this is a closed via confession ass, mm-hmm. you know, conclusion of the case. Mm-hmm. A doctor named Catherine Ramsland wrote about Ronald in an excerpt called Ronald J. Dominique, Just an Ordinary Joe. And she describes how Ronald was able to elude capture for so long and aspects of his psyche and personality that I thought were really important to share with you guys. So according to Catherine, Ronald was able to blend into his surroundings, being overweight and low-key unhealthy. He didn't really come off as a threat, which made it easier for him to lure them in. Yeah. People who knew Ronald thought he was ordinary as hell unremarkable in every sense of the word he was just there and she said that it was unclear if ronald killed his victims to prevent them from identifying him or if he wanted to add an extra level of control over his victims right two things can be true yes 
She said that his ability to manipulate was what allowed him to be so successful at luring men in. Mm -hmm. She said he presented as meek or sickly, but that was all probably just an act to make victims feel more comfortable getting Mm -hmm. in the car. Quote, his narrative aside, we can certainly tell from his behavior that he's been an aggressive serial killer who had the strength to strangle men and carry their bodies to remote dumping grounds. Used to living a double life, he's likely to lie even as he confesses to spin stories his own way. While investigators might report what he says to them, we should all take these details with a grain of salt. Like they say, beware of the quiet ones. <laughs> Facts. No printer. She read his ass. So yeah, basically that's our case. Um, The only real thing that I had was like, how was he living with family members and no one heard screams? You know. Sister. Would love to know what the fuck was going on with that. And then was this race related? Because honestly, Mm. from what I can see, I don't think he was like, let me specifically search out black men. I just think the environments that he was in provided mostly black men. I agree. It sucks, but it is what it is. Definitely. And that's our case. Wow. That was a doozy. A piece of shit. And the the sheer number, the sheer number of how many people he was able to kill in a 10 year time span freaks me out because I know that he killed more. Yeah. Yeah that probably have just slipped through the cracks. And the fact that he was willing to play victim, willing to play like the the mm-hmm. weak meat guy. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that that takes that means that there was no where was the ego in that? Or maybe he like let go of it just for a little while a until it could rear its ugly head. Yeah. Well, that's a master manipulator, oh. you know, a psychopath. You can twist it into anything you want it to be to serve you. Was he a psychopath? Did anybody do a, a mental evaluation on this guy? I don't know. Because he pleaded guilty and it didn't go to trial, I don't think any of that stuff was even done. Mm-hmm. But he was definitely mentally sane. He would have been deemed fit to stand trial, that's for sure. Wow. Yeah. So, guys, what did you think about this case? Let us know. Okay. Like, even though this was, like, a tragic case, when I think about Ron, I'm like, you're boring. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have... Ronald wasn't really giving, but we still need to talk about it because the victims were giving. Yes, and that just shows that you don't have to have this boisterous personality. You don't have to, Mm -hmm. you know, be a nut, nut, nut to kill. You can be a weak-ass man. Yep. You can be in, you can be anyone. You could be a weak ass individual. You could be anybody. Mm-hmm. It doesn't there is no MO for a certain type of person that kills. Anybody could do anybody it. Anybody can become this. So that's why it's really important to take care of your mental health and be nice to fucking people. Like you don't have to be trolling people or rude to them or trying to make them feel less than because of who they're having sex with. Mind your damn business. Right. You know, that's key. mind your damn business. Happy yeah. pride. <laughs> Continue minding your damn business. And yeah, let us know what you guys thought about this case. Ronald was a soup sandwich, bag of ass, super boring, but you don't always have to have an exciting early life to still be a piece of shit that we talk about on the show. So agreed. I'm really happy that we covered this case, especially to get the victims names out there and rest in peace to all of them. And our hearts go out to their families. Absolutely. As they continue to heal and grieve. So we love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. And yeah, before we go, sister, do you have anything else? Yeah, you guys check out Kayla's little baby registry and see what you like and see what it's giving. Mm -hmm. Feel free to contribute. Baby Kate is almost here. He'll be here in three months. And who's to say y'all gonna see us? 
after that. So I'm just kidding. Punch is saying, if you want to contribute, we would love it. We've already gotten some amazing gifts from you guys. Yes. So stinking cute. Yes. We love and we cherish every single one of them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And yeah. And yeah. We're hugging you through the microphone. Through the through the internet. Audio through whatever, waves. bitch. We're whatever. Anyway. Before we go, as you know, be, be safe, safe. Protect, protect your peace. And, and protect, protect your space. So, so we, we don't, don't have, have to cover, cover your case. case Period. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can stream all of our episodes on Amazon Music, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and even Facebook. It's the best way to help the show grow, and it's completely free. For bonus content, you can find us on Patreon. And for more information about the show, you can visit BlackTrueCrime.com. See you next time.